0: Your tolerance, but lecture me.
1: Is there no end to your own hypocrisy? You Your God is power, you have no shame. Your only interest is political gain. You hide your eyes and refuse to listen. You play
0: your game. Coming up next, America Can We Talk with your host, Debbie Georgianos. And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I always feel like I should mention at the start of the show, this doesn't look like my regular set. Yes, we are actually traveling, visiting family, and um, I just do not like to give up my Thursday shows. I love this Thursday format. I love the deep, serious interviews we have with just wonderful American thought leaders, thought influencers, serious policy people. So we are doing the show while we are uh, visiting family. And today on our show, like to, I'm i going to welcome in just a moment, but I want to introduce in more depth, we're going to be welcoming to our show, Sam Faddis he has joined our show in the past he's also was one of the speakers last year at the third annual women for freedom summit very very popular speaker Um, i'm going to tell you a lot about his background because i think it will tie into and make more um, consequential to you what he has to share and talk about so sam fattis Um, is a former clandestine operative uh, working undercover for the CIA for many, many years. Long, distinguished career as an undercover officer of the CIA, among other things, recruiting and training foreign agents to help us. And so that is a You know just a an experience obviously very few americans have understands the world of cultivating foreign agents and what you would want them to do for you why you would do that he also served in uniform the united states army uh he was an assistant attorney general for washington state um, and a candidate for congress and he's also where he lives now in pennsylvania he's been uh behind the scenes and and publicly writing and working on the issue of election integrity. He is now a writer at and magazine and that is a substack. It was a an online um publication and now it is on Substack. So it's and magazine dot He writes there and he writes on all sorts of issues relating really what I always say about my show to preserve America, but they're America preserving issues. He writes about foreign policy, uh the CIA, um the observations about what's happening to our country in Washington, DC. Obviously, his familiarity with the CIA uh, caused him to write and think about those issues, Uh, deeply cares about election integrity. So he's just a um, just a wonderful source of wisdom and life experience. So welcome to the show and say hello to Sam Faddis.
1: Thank you for having me. It is great to be back.
0: Great to see you, sir. Okay, so there's so much going on, as we were saying before we started. There's so much going on. And I earlier was messaging you, I want to talk today about this. And then I add, another, and, and, and this. And how about this? So there's a lot to talk about. And I think I want to start with something that actually we touched on in at least one previous interview and maybe another, but it's kind of a springboard uh, for what I want to talk about with, with respect to uh, Washington, our situation with our current, uh, he who occupies the White House. Um, the uh, person living in the Oval Office, working in the Oval Office. And that is that there there has been now, in fact, recently, more discovery and more exposure uh, by the House Committee looking into these issues of the apparent financial relationship between the CCP or the Chinese uh, intelligence operatives and eventually the Biden family. That's been uncovered by a Representative Comer's committee. He's Mm he used the terms something like 30 to 50 million dollars made its way somehow to the biden family coffers uh numerous people in the family receiving money and um this just seems to me the kind of thing that if the roles are reversed and there we had a, a conservative president we had a republican president we would have a lot of media attention all across the board, people saying, wow, this looks, looks really bad. So, um, but we don't obviously have that. We have on the conservative side, we have concerns being raised and kind of everybody else seems to be asleep at the wheel in Washington, not too concerned. So I wanna start with now that I've said that because there was conversation about why it is the CCP would want to be funneling money to the Biden administration. Could you tell our audience a little more about your background, your work in, in cultivating agents within foreign countries to work on behalf of America. Kind of what's your history in that and just a little summary of what that involves.
1: Right, so I was, to use CIA speak, a case officer, an operations officer. Okay, what normal people uh, with normal lives would call a spy. CIA doesn't, doesn't. in CIA speak, the spy is the foreigner you pay to give you information. You are a case officer, you are an ops officer. That entails a lot of stuff, covert action and all kinds of things. But the number one reason you get paid as a case officer is to recruit sources inside target organizations. So what's that all about? So in other words, it's my job to find the guy in Al-Qaeda who we can turn, who goes to work for us. The guy inside Russian intelligence, Chinese intelligence, name a target organization and get them on board with our team to provide intelligence. That's, that's the heart and soul of what CIA does. What's that process involved? Well, it, it involves, first of all, I mean, obviously you're targeting people that have access to the information that you want or have the capacity to do what you want if, you, if you're looking to use them as agents of influence. Getting close enough to them to map what makes them tick. Figuring out, in other words, what is it going to take for this guy or this gal to come across and go to work for us, um, and somewhere in that almost inevitably is money. Uh, but that's it's it's all about that. It's about finding the buttons and then pushing the buttons. Should say by the way, not as everybody is recruitable and not everybody gets targeted. Uh, so that's that's in a nutshell, that's the business.
0: Okay, so you said the two things are if I understood the two things that you're hoping they may do for you if when you identify them and begin to attempt to recruit them, they're the source of information and or they may be someone who can effectuate policy the US wants to impact, policy or actions. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, abs- absolutely. And when I say affect policy, let's keep in mind, okay, we're talking about intelligence, and this is directly applicable to the Biden case. So this is not diplomats. This is not we give some money to Country X and then we hope they like us and do what we what we want. What people need to understand when you get into this, this is about gaining control over someone. In other words, when you're all done, you're calling the shots and they're dancing to the tune you play. Now, how that works out in each case varies, right? That doesn't mean you bark orders at somebody or or demean them but in the end you tell them what to do and they do it you tell them where to meet and so forth which is you know and when you see so that's that has obviously as you well know been one of the things that i think people really completely fail to understand in regard to the biden business right when tens of millions of dollars come from somebody like the chinese communist party and guys linked to chinese intelligence They don't send money just because they like to. They're not fools. And they don't send money and then just hope you will do something. They send money and in exchange, they get concrete action from you.
0: Okay. So, you know, you use, and I think on this show as well as on Frank, one of one or more of Frank Gaffney's shows. Our mutual friend Frank Daffney, um, this notion that someone has become they willingly accepted the money um, from America and they are going to, we hope, take the actions that they're being paid to uh, take or provide information that they're being um, paid to take. The term, I think, has been uh, used and as uh, they're an asset of America. I mean, assets usually thought of as physical things like, uh, I don't know, you know, submarines and airplanes and ships are physical things, but an asset's a human asset who is uh, helpful to America? I think that, uh, or helpful to whoever is trying to bring them around. So, the with respect to uh, President Biden, because we are in a, a situation where uh, it has apparent, it seems apparent that through what information has been released by Representative Comer and uh, and many investigating this, that the Biden family has received millions of dollars from the CCP. So, what is it that those the kinds of things? I know you can't know exactly what the CCP said, but What is it the CCD would want him to do?
1: They would want him to directly impact American policy, right? I mean, maybe also hand them information and intelligence, but presumably this op is, has always been this operation about getting their hooks into a guy who has the capacity to directly impact American policy. So, This all started, really, I mean, the meat of what we're talking about is during the years that Joe Biden is vice president. One of the things Joe Biden was responsible for was supposedly our pushing back on the Chinese taking control of the South China Sea, just to make a concrete example. Chinese building a bunch of artificial islands, putting in airstrips, bringing in military forces, essentially seizing control of a very strategic big chunk of the Pacific Ocean. Joe had the clear, from Barack Obama, it was his charter. Stop them, push them back. Okay, in the midst of that, Joe Biden flies to Beijing with Hunter, 2013. This is the famous trip, or infamous trip, where Joe goes off to meet Chinese officials. Hunter goes to meet with the State Bank of China. Hunter ends up pocketing $1.5 billion in Chinese money. And guess what? We never push back on the Chinese in the South China Sea. We don't lift a finger to interfere with them. Can I prove to you that that quid pro quo uh, took place? Obviously, I can't, but it's, a <laughs> it's sure one heck of a coincidence, isn't it?
0: Sure. We're allowed to put two and two together. You know, people who observe situations, especially someone as well-informed as you, you're allowed to put two and two together. So we had that experience. We had when uh, Joe Biden was then vice president under Obama. Those kind of occurrences, you know. We uh, I know it's uh, flipping to the Ukraine situation, but we had Joe Biden at a public event. It wasn't live television, but a public event where I've played the clip of my show. I mean, ten times probably, where he's kind of bragging about the threat he he made to the ukrainian officials that you know um, my plane's leaving in six hours and this guy's gone or you don't get your money that is flat out withholding american money for the purpose of forcing the a foreign entity to fire the person actually fire the prosecutor looking into the company on which his son hunter sat on the board i only raise that to say that is such a character a screaming example of 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 character and it speaks to his character, his integrity. Uh, obviously, nothing happened. So turning around now, though. So you're because the other thing we were talking about earlier. So Bi- Joe Biden's family's gotten millions from the CCP. The CCP and and China in general is considered uh, America's primary enemy. The especially the CCP is is considered one of the most dangerous and hostile forces in America uh, toward America. And so the idea that this is, and, and, and currently threatens America, China currently threatens America in a variety of ways. You know, they had their party conference where they talked about they were going to be, they were going to become the world's single superpower. They were going to take down America in one way or another. They have openly stated in a variety of ways that they view America as their enemy, their target to be taken down. So now that I've loaded all that up, isn't this This is essentially taking money from America's enemies to effectuate policy. This has to be at least something that is unlawful at a minimum under America's system, and even more so justifying the investigation by Congress. So what's your impression so far of how vigorously uh, the Congress has looked into this, into the relationship between China and CCP and the Biden family? Have they been digging as well as they could?
1: Well, I mean, since... now, under the with a Republican-controlled House of Representatives, I think we do have a vigorous investigation going on at the congressional level. Now, whether that will lead to concrete action of any kind, uh, that's anybody's guess. It, of course, is against the backdrop of the fact that all of this information we're talking about and much, much, much more has been available to the FBI for years and years and years, not just Hunter's laptop, but... You know and almost endless suspicious transaction reports from the Department of Treasury to the FBI on all these cash you know disbursements that were coming in from overseas to the Bidens I mean there's just a mountain of evidence here and and we should also keep in mind that look again the average American probably doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about espionage because they got stuff to do like pay the bills and feed the kids and so forth but the reality is, in the community, if you will, okay, in the intelligence community, the counterintelligence community, nothing I'm saying is news. Nothing I'm saying is revolutionary, and all of the the fact that the Chinese do this kind of thing—that they buy people, that they recruit agents of influence, the fact that they're doing this on an industrial scale—all of that is well known. There's no controversy about that. There's no dispute about that. At the heart of this whole Biden-China alliance connection is a company called CEFC China Energy. All right, CEFC China Energy is not a legit company; it's a Chinese intelligence front company. Everybody knows that. I mean, anybody who follows the subject matter. And their whole business is buying foreign leaders. They they recruited and bought the president of Uganda. One of their senior guys was convicted in court in the united states of bribing u.n officials in new york they did the same thing in the czech republic they do this everywhere right these are the guys that hunter biden was opening a physical office with in georgetown and going to put his dad in there like known chinese intelligence entity and yet the fbi as far as anybody can tell Has no interest whatsoever in investigating
0: any of this that actually segues perfectly to my next question i want to kind of talk about the fbi so obviously great um frustration and and outrage and disappointment in the fbi when it became obvious when the twitter files were released Uh uh, that the hunter biden laptop and other things were released the hunter biden laptop had been in the possession of the fbi since prior to the last election The uh, administration at that time, it was Department of Homeland Security, among others, we'll get to the CIA in a minute, Hmm. orchestrating what could be said about the the Hunter Biden laptop, suppressing it, actually seemingly orchestrating the letter from the 51 uh, former intelligence officials in America saying, this sounds like Russian disinformation. So if the FBI, here's my question, the FBI knows what's in the laptop and... They know that China is America's number one enemy, and they know that the money has been flowing to the Biden family from the CCP, and they withhold the Hunter Biden laptop. Aren't they kind of covering up for Joe Biden?
1: Yeah, not kind of, 100%. Yeah, what they're—you have I mean, the FBI is the number one counterintelligence entity in the United States. That is their chart. No dispute about that. They're the the folks at the top of the heap when it comes to counterintelligence, that is on their plate. Everything about this case screams that we may in fact have the biggest counterintelligence threat we have ever faced. As I say all the time, there's a lot of nasty, evil stuff associated with Hunter and Joe. But this is not really about hookers and cocaine and all. Okay, I'm not whitewashing that. I'm not saying that that's okay or anything. I'm just saying it pales in comparison to the fact that you may very well have a guy sitting in the Oval Office who is owned by our number one entity on the planet. And every red light in the world ought to be going off at FBI headquarters should have been off years ago. And yet, they're not only not doing anything, they are apparently, it appears, actually covering for the Bidens. Now, you know, as an old CIA guy, I'm kind of required to say, uh, to put down the FBI, because it's kind of like brothers, right? The CIA and the FBI have a rival where we got to make fun of each other. But all kidding aside, I've worked with a lot of FBI special agents, really good men and women, really dedicated public servants. So I'm not tarring everybody at the bureau but certainly the top levels of their organization at a minimum have completely lost their way and it really raises the question i mean how could you possibly be not just ignoring the biggest counterintelligence threat we may have ever faced but actively preventing people from getting to the bottom of it that's it's mind-boggling
0: it is staggering again segueing to a great topic i want to hit on I wish we had one of those magic time machines and we could do three hours in an hour because there's so many things, you're just a wealth of um, uh, fount of knowledge and wealth of wisdom. Um, And that is this, you know, there's been a lot of talk, and I don't need to go down this with you today, but a lot of talk about whenever there's a Republican back in the White House, we need to have a massive cleaning out of the Department of Justice and the FBI only if you are targeted and looking at their conduct with respect to january 6th how you have a a double standard of justice you have the fbi breaking doors down in the middle of the night machine guns for people who stood on the front lawn and, and prayed for the country and so you have just a extreme concern about the Tainting of the thinking uh, of the culture, at least within the leadership of the DOJ and FBI. So people keep saying, you know, we got somebody in there, we're going to clean out the DOJ and obviously FBI is a bureau within the Department of the DO, of the Department of Justice. So it's, you know, that whole the leadership there that allowed this to go on. Just talking about uh, January 6th, let alone talking about uh, the Trump Russia collusion that was uh, a concoction, a just a farce created by Hillary Clinton's campaign. So we're getting at the idea. So CIA is obviously a different animal, a different element. Um, and there was talk when we began having a, um, a deeper discussion about uh, the CIA's role in things. I guess I'm going to hit two things. Number one, it was clear from discovery that really Sidney Powell forced to be revealed uh, in the case with Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. There was discovery of handwriting and John Brennan's handwriting, CIA director, it was in 2017, I think, acknowledging he knew the entire Trump-Russia collusion was cooked up right. by Hillary Clinton and the Clinton campaign as a smear campaign against Donald Trump. Against Donald Trump. So I'm getting at this: Is the CIA have that kind of, uh, in in your view, that the leadership of the CIA or how deep does it go, the same kind of problem, the same of need of being dismantling and reoriented as many people think the DOJ and the FBI do?
1: Yeah. I mean, in in a word, Um, I mean, let me say this about Brennan. In my opinion, Brennan was up to his eyeballs in the whole Russia gate thing. And I think a large uh, what we refer to as Crossfire Hurricane, a large portion of that operation, if you will, which was an operation to first prevent Donald Trump from getting elected and then effectively depose him. I suspect I, it is my my firm belief that a big chunk of that was under the direction of John Brennan, and it was run from CIA headquarters. And there are a lot of advantages to that, right? Because CIA has the capacity to compartment things for very good reasons. You don't, everybody in the organization is not aware of every operation. Often only a handful of people are aware of an operation if it's particularly sensitive. So the director of central intelligence has the capacity to run operations and compartment them and keep them quiet and and actually probably involve people that don't even really fully understand what what they're part of you know in other words this is a compartmented op i need you to do the following and don't ask any questions because that's the way espionage works on the broader question you asked yeah uh it uh, certainly you need a, a to clean house at the Central Intelligence Agency. I think you have two problems. It has become politicized, and uh, it is also not particularly effective. We are obviously not getting the intelligence we need. So we have people playing in domestic politics, which they shouldn't come within 10 miles of. And meanwhile, we get no warning that a virus is coming out of the Wuhan lab, and four years after it happens, the best assessment you can give me is, We still don't really know what happened four years ago. So what does that tell you? That tells you we don't have a single source inside those programs, inside that lab. Nobody was talking to us. That's, what are you getting paid for? Um, So yeah, you need to clean house, but the, the the first prerequisite is you need to send somebody there that understands the beast, because otherwise they will be led around by their nose and played And we've seen a whole succession of directors like that. And then whoever goes there has to have the backing of the President of the United States to do whatever is required to fix it. In other words, to walk through the front door the first day and say to X number of senior officers, your services are no longer required. You're out, these guys are in. And then at the first sign of any resistance to cleaning the place, Fire as many more people as need to be fired. Now, I will say to you that I suspect that if you sent somebody there that did that and started tossing out those folks and told everybody to get back to work, the rank and file would probably start cheering in the hallways, to be quite honest. I think they would say, good Lord, finally, can we get back to doing the nation's business and stop with this? Because I think that's that you've still got a lot of good people.
0: I am thrilled to hear you say that and not surprised. I mean, you know, you think about someone who would be of the character and quality to want to serve the country in the CIA. I mean, there are plenty of other career options for smart people. And the idea that you would choose that you have to have some sense of patriotism, just love of this country and wanting to protect it. And the CIA is being one avenue of that kind of protection so i want to go back to you know in fact it's a funny thing someone who knew you're going to be on the show today actually uh, texted to say well, if you're going to have him on ask him if he were to be appointed head of the cia what is the game plan you know in the next administration what is the game plan and you start to step down that path i mean there are just certain high level people you'd have to someone like you understands as you say the beast the whole entity willing to let people go who don't want to go, who actually like being there. And so you'd have to be making some tough decisions. And then moving forward, it's to me, I mean, when I look in, I know or understand more about the DOJ and the FBI than I do about the CIA. Because I understand the rule of law. And I understand at some level what the Department of Justice is supposed to do. But I think in the along the path of CIA's history, you know, they got founded after World War II, you know, to kind of protect America to be sure about what communists are all about what they're going to do and where they're headed and I am speaking out of school and saying I, I or my assessment without being an expert is somehow along the path they got more convinced their job was to either protect the current administration or ultimately it seems like it's very leftist I mean John Brennan I believe is quite leftist in his political views and it became more political than just that that pure idea of its founding so how do you weed all that
1: out? Look, well, I mean, I, I think probably from, you would have to walk through the door on day one and you would have to effectively decapitate a certain portion of the organization. Which is not me saying we're really gonna go cut off heads before somebody starts quoting me out of context. But you know, you're gonna have to go in and just say, okay, here's the the top tier of, of individuals and uh, thanks for playing, you guys are gone. And bring in and bring in the right people and then it's a matter of communicating very clearly and directly we're going back to doing the people's business and then demanding results so you know okay day one uh everybody involved in china ops i need you up here on the seventh floor list for me the assets we have in china and what their access is And then when the answer which will inevitably be shockingly few and shockingly little access then it's a matter of okay well then you don't you're fired also and let's bring in somebody and make clear to them you are not here to push paper you are not here to collect a pension you earn a pension you're here to achieve results and if you can't achieve results if you can't tell me something better than you might be able to find wuhan on a map pretty sure that North Korea is still north of South Korea uh, well then you don't need to be here let's find the folks in here who still breathe fire and still believe that they should be running operations and let's demand results I would look at it that way the same as if you took over a, a military unit and walked in and found a bunch of overweight slovenly folks and they fail inspection and you know destroyer that had to be towed back to port the last time it went out but okay what's the answer the answer is fire the folks in charge get some real people and then impose standards and demand results and that's the key you know you're not here just to occupy space you're not here to play American domestic politics you are here to climb inside Xi Jinping's ruling circle in Beijing So almost before the Chinese Communist Party knows what his plans are, we know that's your job, that the President of the United States wakes up every morning and has that kind of advanced intelligence and that clarity, right? Um, And that's that's back to basics in a lot of ways. But again, the the first predicate of that is it's got to be somebody who knows the puzzle palace because they will lead you around in circles otherwise and that person has to have the full backing of the president of the united states you made reference to the cia f- forming okay its predecessor was the oss under general donovan during the second world war donovan faced a lot of resistance why did he succeed because franklin delano roosevelt put him in place and everybody knew that donovan had a direct line to the oval office so if you didn't like what he was doing, the big man. <laughs> you were going to have to be prepared to say that to FDR, and uh, you know that that that's how that worked. You're going to need the same thing because yeah, you will face resistance. There will be all kinds of people that think they can slow roll you and and foot drag and play games, and they'll just have to be removed.
0: Love that. You know, I mentioned earlier, there was an article, I think I sent a link to but the gist of it was they were talking about being um, the, the role that the federal government decided to play in suppressing communication or suppressing speech in America uh, with respect to the Hunter Biden laptop, with things you put out on Twitter. And there's reference to CIA participating in this planning of the suppression of speech on Twitter. Yeah. Just, just to be clear the the goal of the fbi is kind of domestic law not kind of domestic law enforcement CIA is kind of foreign so is there any legitimate role that you could see for the CIA being involved in suppressing suppressing speech on american social media
1: no none and you shouldn't be within 10 miles of it and if somebody gave you an order to do something like that your answer ought to be no i i had this conversation with a former boss of mine several weeks ago who's also a retired senior agency guy. And we were talking about, look, in the course of our careers, if somebody had had told us to do any number of these things, what would the response have been? Response would have been, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not your secret police. And I don't, and by the way, I have a charter on behalf of the U.S. government if I'm running an op directed to break law abroad. I mean, if I'm committing espionage abroad, I'm probably breaking the locals' law. I have no approval to break U.S. law, ever. We The CIA has no license to do that or to violate the Constitution. And again, they shouldn't be within 10 miles of American domestic politics. They, I mean, when, when I served, that would have been, it's just a, a violation of such a cardinal principle yeah. that people would have recoiled at the thought. And maybe people these days find that hard to believe, but it's absolutely true. Somebody suggested such a thing. You'd be like, I'm not doing that. What are you going to do? Fire me? OK, fire me. I mean, whatever. But I still not breaking U.S. law, or violating the Constitution. And I'm not your secret police.
0: I absolutely love your answer. And I actually think, you know, I feel heartened a bit that you said that within the CA ranks uh, below the top levels, uh, who may have been swayed by the kind of thinking and, and conduct that John Brennan and others allowed that there's a, a wide swath of people who are um, who have a clarity of the CIA's mission in mind and really want to do that and they have love of country. I, I, I hold out hope that there's that's true in other agencies because I do think that as as we continue to see the corruption of Washington uncovered, by the House committees, thank goodness for that slim majority and their capacity to create committees that investigate things like weaponization of the government. I really, I want to hold out hope that within many of those agencies, there's a, um, you know, there, there's a swath of patriots who want to get back on track. But I want to change uh, tracks, if I may, because you have so many great um, stories out there in your columns. And for all of our listeners, I really encourage you to go to the Substack. Uh, which is a substack written by um, Sam Fattis, our guest today. And as in the word and, and magazine.substack.com. Just wonderful articles, thoughtful, just, just always well written. When you had, um, I guess last month, uh, you were writing about the. Ta- <laughs> I'm sorry, laughing. Biden lies. You could just, that could be the caption, but Biden lies and says, Taliban helping us fight Al Qaeda. His lies are going to get a great many people killed. You know, the whole Taliban development under the Biden administration because of our unjustified and, and ill-planned departure out of, out of um, Afghanistan, what's going on there? What did, what did Biden say, and how is what he's saying endangering people over there?
1: Well, Biden said, uh, and I got to tell you, I mean, he says a lot of insane and, and patently false things, but this has got to be right up there. You know, he, he, he said... That the Taliban is helping us fight terrorism now, and they're they're helping us against Al Qaeda, and he, he managed to do that with a straight face. I that that's remarkable. So I mean, you know, it's hard to know where to start, right? I mean, first of all, the Taliban are terrorists, and a a significant number of the senior leadership of the Taliban in Afghanistan are in fact on are wanted criminals. We have we the United States have prices on their head so you know a number like siraj haqqani i think his his bounty is 5 million dollars and he's the minister of interior i believe at the present time so they are they are themselves terrorists and in fact a number of them are designated terrorists with literally multi million dollar bounties issued by the us government on their heads so the idea that they're helping us against terrorism is insane the reality in afghanistan is this It is once again a terrorist safe haven. There are any number of groups operating there. But let's just start with al-Qaeda. Since they're the guys that killed almost 3,000 Americans on 9-11, they are back. They are there in very large numbers. They have training camps. They enjoy complete freedom of maneuver. They're not hiding from the Taliban. In fact, there are a number of senior al-Qaeda officials who are actually holding positions in the Taliban government. So it's kind of like there's no separation. Now, also keep in mind that the Pakistani Taliban, operating inside Pakistan, is waging war against the government in Islamabad. Their express goal is to topple the government in Islamabad and establish a carbon copy of what exists in Afghanistan and Pakistan. The Pakistani Taliban is being trained by the Afghan Taliban. They're being trained by Al-Qaeda. They're being equipped the weapons that joe left in afghanistan are now showing up in firefights so the pakistani taliban attacks police stations and security force stations in pakistan on a regular basis and now in many cases they outgun the pakistanis because they have our night vision gear our weapons all sorts of capabilities courtesy of joe and just to you know just to because that's not horrible enough Let's keep in mind that Pakistan is a nuclear weapons-armed state. So if they topple the government in Islamabad, they will also gain control over, let's call it, 200 operational nuclear weapons, the exact numbers classified. But the Pakis have functioning nukes, and they can put them on planes and put them on missiles. This is not aspirational. So that's what's at stake here, a very real possibility that al-Qaeda... The Afghan Taliban, the Pakistani Taliban are going to become a nuclear armed threat to the United States. What are we doing? We're doing nothing to stop them, not one blessed thing.
0: So, what if you had a US military? You know, we could be off on the US military itself, but leaving that aside, what if you had a US military leader, strategist? Uh, who could say, you know, we're in a terrible situation because of, in all the circumstances you just described, because we pulled out of Afghanistan, we left all the equipment and weapons. What could we do at this point? I mean, I, I'm, believing, me, not excusing our failure to do something, but it seems extremely dangerous and, and almost an impossible situation for us now that we're out. I, I mean, what should or could America do?
1: Well, I mean, you're right. We have allowed the situation to deteriorate so badly, right, that, that uh, you know, what are we talking about? I mean, I don't think anybody at this point is is really up for the idea of putting people back on the ground in Afghanistan. What could you, here's a place to begin. How about we hit all the terrorist training camps in Afghanistan? How about the car part, the places where we can see from overhead that you've got hundreds and hundreds of American armored vehicles parked up now under the control of the Taliban. All of those things can be hit. All those targets can be hit, by the way, with essentially no risk whatsoever to a single American serviceman, right? Those could be hit via missile strike. You could begin to do a significant number of things and significant damage. You could also, um, we, we could also begin by breaking off the ongoing discussions That the biden administration is actually having with the taliban where they're actually contemplating releasing to them billions of dollars in afghan funds that are frozen in banks in the u.s joe's because joe's getting ready to hand them about seven billion dollars they can use to feed this whole terrorist nightmare
0: okay I, I get speechless, but I can't do that because we're, we're live here. But so if, if Joe Biden is considering releasing something in the range of $7 billion, I, I really don't care who, wh- whose it was. I mean, I don't care whether it belonged to al-Qaeda or the Taliban or both of them. If you have terrorist money we've taken control of and they can't get access to, any release of that money, I mean, you could imagine some, you know, someone hearing the situation in the dark and not understanding the party saying well you know if it's their money you got to give it back this is releasing billions of dollars to people who mean great harm if not absolute destruction of america and the idea we're even talking about that so doesn't within joe biden's circles uh, in washington is there anyone you know of who would be or who is or should be you know tapping them on the shoulder say this is really really bad i mean does he have any advisors helping and what in the world what is the argument that this would be a reasonable step that this would not endanger america
1: well you're i mean you're 100 percent right there is no reasonable reason no nobody with a lick of sense would think it is a good idea to hand a bunch of terrorists seven billion dollars now why does it get pushed to get pushed with this idea that they're going to use it for humanitarian purposes. They're going to feed the Afghan people. Okay, the money's not going to end up in the pockets of the Afghan people. They're not going to feed orphans with it. They're going to buy explosives and weapons and blow things up with it. Um, is there anybody that I think exists within the Biden administration with that degree of common sense? Uh, no. I don't think you're getting any pushback at all on any of these issues. I I, I talked to a bunch of Afghan people opposition figures on a regular basis they're always asking me like who should we reach out to in the biden administration to try to get them to do x y and z my response is look i'm just going to give it to you straight man there's nobody in the biden administration who's on our side in this i mean if they thought they could get away with it if they they would have given the seven billion dollars to the taliban a long time ago if they were not sensitized to the fact that that might cause a firestorm and as soon as they think they can get away with it, as soon as they think people are not paying attention or, or they think they can slide it by the American people, I, absolutely, I believe they, they will do that. They will hand them the money. They will release them from sanctions. Um, I mean, look, at, I, I made reference earlier to this business about where we have armored vehicles parked and how you could destroy those things. Okay, that has been true since the fall of kabul right Mm -hmm. i mean we built all those bases and we parked all that stuff there and we know where every location is and you can see it all with imagery from space and you can hit it with missiles and bombs with platforms that the taliban has no capacity to to do anything about so we have affirmatively decided every day since we left kabul to allow the afghan to to taliban to have that. Just because they captured it doesn't mean it had to stay intact. Blow it all up. Could have blown up every base that we left behind. We we gave them Bagram Air Base, a massive facility that they're now turning over to the Communist Chinese, from which the Communist Chinese can base aircraft and destabilize all all of South Asia. Again, we built it. You can see it on commercial imagery. It's, It's not hard to find, and you could hit it. able to do anything but watch and yet we allow it to stay intact
0: simply staggering you know a small point about people saying well you know you said well they might someone might argue well they're just going to use it to feed the orphans or to help them you know if we want to feed the orphans or help the afghan citizens airdrop food you can do a lot of other things if you want to help the people the idea that there's anyone sucked in by that impression we're just trying to help them I, i can hardly stand it and um i also just think uh, back to the idea of the money that can be released I assume what you're describing the money that the Biden administration could release whoever is the rightful owner but back to the Taliban or Al Qaeda or anyone over there this does not require any congressional approval is that correct it's just an administrative decision
1: yeah that's exactly right
0: well wow. okay. it's
1: it's all Afghan former Afghan government money that's sitting in banks in the United States okay they the Taliban I don't care what Joe says. The Taliban is a terrorist organization. You're yes. going to release $7 billion to a terrorist group. That's, that's what we're talking about. The United States government handing billions of dollars to a terrorist entity that fully intends to, to allow us, to, at a minimum, to allow us to be attacked by groups like al-Qaeda. They, they're giving safe haven to the guys that still want to kill us the right. war over for them and we're going to talk about handing them money so they can have more capable operations to kill america it,
0: it's staggering i mean honestly if someone wrote this as a book 20 years ago you think well that's not going to happen because america wouldn't have a president like that you mentioned earlier about you know the question could anyone point to an, uh, any conduct uh, by the Biden administration intending to help or make life better or help Americans or, you know, to stand up against CCP. And, and you know, you, you can't point to one. But I want to switch. Or we, no one can. I want to switch to the border. You wrote a great piece, I guess it was in May, but you were talking about how, and we've had other border experts in the show talking about this, but you wrote about it really well. Your article was called, Hundreds of Fighting Age Chinese Males Are Entering the Country Each Week. We Have No Idea Why. As another example, if you were the president of the United States, you're committed to your oath of office to protect the American people. You know, you wouldn't be sending seven billion dollars to the Taliban and you wouldn't continue taking money from the CCP and you wouldn't comport with CCP's demands on you. But you also would not allow Chinese military age men to enter our totally unenforced southern border. And I'm I, I, obviously, Michael, it's more of a rant than a question, but you wrote really well about it. You know, w- What is your reaction as a former CIA operative, as a patriot? I mean, is there any good reason you can see for the uh, Biden administration's abandonment of the southern border?
1: No, there is no good. I mean, look, we... What Americans need to understand is, in effect, we don't have a southern border anymore, right? I mean, you can maintain the fiction, and you can look on a map, and there's an imaginary line. But in reality, we, get, we have stopped controlling the southern border. So anything, people have asked me all the time, because I did a lot of weapons of mass destruction work in the agency, you know, what kind of threats could come across the border? My answer is always, I don't know, anything you can think of, what would stop it? nuclear weapons, chemical weapons, biological weapons, teams of saboteurs, if you can imagine it, it can come across the border. In fact, not just can come across the border, but you don't know that it hasn't already come across the border. And the Chinese military age males is just one piece of it. And I should add that, I mean, the guy who's really been all over this is Michael Yan, who is a good friend of mine. He's down on the border again, former SF guy, the top combat correspondent in the Americans. America's probably ever had, and just lives in the field. And Jan has spent decades with the American military in the field. And as I said, he is a trained former SF guy, special force guy himself. So he knows of what he speaks. And what he talks about is, look, I'm down there, and I'm watching these guys, these Chinese, come out of the bush, come out of the jungle, whether it's Mexico, Panama. Everybody else coming out is half dead, starved, Some of them do die, barely hanging on. I'm watching squads, you know, 10, 20 guys come out, all fit, military-age Chinese males, all in good order. All their clothes in dry bags inside their backpacks to make sure that once they get across the border, they can change into crisp, clean clothes. He said to me, I was talking to him, I don't know, probably a month ago about this. He said, look... I feel like I'm back at Fort Bragg, by which he means I feel like I'm back in Special Forces because that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a bunch of really squared away guys moving as a group, really have their stuff together, not phased by a difficult overland trip. They're ready to rock and roll. And what are we doing? And and by the way, let's keep in mind, somebody gave them, a big chunk of change to transport them all the way from China usually to Ecuador and then some Panama or someplace I mean it is expensive for them just to get here and they've all come up with that money somehow they also all also by the way have somehow gotten out of mainland China and the CCP didn't stop them or detect them or do anything and and the bottom line with all of this is nobody in the administration is making any effort to investigate that at all they have no interest these guys disappear into the united states no clue where they went or what they intend and we we're not lifting a finger
0: and we're not lifting a finger it's simply staggering as i say, if someone wrote this in a novel or a movie script or a made for tv show that an american president would be so complicit in simply abandoning america's security america's national security a whole across right. a whole host of issues It would be rejected, that script be rejected as preposterous, and and this is exactly where we are, and I think think more Americans are waking up to recognize that the current administration is not in any degree trying to protect the American people. They throw out a few slogans and feel-good pieces or foolish uh, descriptions of why this is really the best policy, but we're watching just the destruction of America. By the way, uh, Michael Young was down at the border with um, Dr. Pete Chambers, who was uh, my guest a week ago on this show. And, you know, we got into so many issues. It was one of these rapid, it was a week ago, yeah, last Thursday. Um, and we, we didn't really get as much detail in that show. So I'm gonna have him back to talk more about um, his work on the border. We talked a little bit about it, but I mean, just the, you know, the stories that come back are so crazy, so preposterous. You kind of think, well, that, you know, that just, there has been more to the story. Because we wouldn't be just abandoning um, our, our border, but we are. Okay, you wrote an article, too, since you, you're just, you're, you're um, as I say, a font of knowledge in your writing. You wrote an article, there's a very recent discovery, a secret Chinese bio lab, bio lab, uh, near a major U.S. Air Force base. This was actually last day of July, next last day of July. Will you describe what, what was discovered?
1: Right, so uh, in a, basically... <coughs> California town near Fresno uh, a there's a, was a building basically a um, supposed to be an abandoned supposed to be a vacant building and there was not supposed to be anybody operating there and there was no business license to operate there and I think a building inspector who happened to be in the area because he was looking at something else noticed that there was a garden hose hooked up outside and suggested that somebody was in there and began to nose around so what does he discover He discovers that there's this Chinese company that's licensed to operate in Nevada but had fled Las Vegas and is now set up a lab and is operating in this building without a California license, without any approval to do so, without any knowledge of anybody. Again, the building was supposed to be vacant. Inside, they find a whole bunch of really nasty viruses. They also find a bunch of mice that you can you know, th- th- that are what they call humanized mice. So what that means is not that they walk around on two legs and talk, what it means is their respiratory systems have been modified to the point where they have similarities to US respiratory system, uh, American, um, human respiratory systems, excuse me. So the point of that is you test dangerous viruses on these on these mice, and if the mice are, and that by virtue of whether the mice are affected and how it affects their respiratory system you can predict whether it is also dangerous to humans it's something you use when you're making something more dangerous and figuring out how to make it so it will infect people and be passed via the air via breath from human to human so they find all of this stuff um any effort to run down what this company is really about sort of runs into a st- uh, stone wall, a lot of addresses that lead nowhere, and phones that don't work, and so forth. About 40 miles from this place is a uh, naval air station. I think it's called L'Amour, and it's, called, it's the, what they call the master base for all F-18s for the U.S. Navy in the Pacific Theater. And what that means is this. The F-18 is the primary carrier-based strike aircraft for the U.S. Navy. So if you're talking about going to war with China and sinking Chinese ships and hitting targets, the aircraft that are flying off a carrier that are going to carry out that mission, those are F-18s. That's, that's, this is the, this, these are the teeth of the U.S. Navy in the Pacific. All of the aircraft base out of there, so if the USS Nimitz, which is an aircraft carrier, goes to sea, squadrons fly from Lemoore, land on the Nimitz, deploy with the Nimitz, and then when they come back from sea, squadrons fly back to their home base which is Lemoore, but it is literally the base for every f-18 squadron the u.s navy has in the pacific theater so in other words if you release a contagious disease that is either deadly or incapacitating in vicinity of Lemoore, you could potentially take offline every f-18 pilot the u.s navy has in the pacific which means you would have grounded every F-18 squadron. You wouldn't have to kill them well, you just take them off flight status. And uh, the only reason we know anything about this Chinese lab is because some building inspector accidentally notices something and actually is doing his job. So we got no intelligence warning, nobody picked up on this. And as it stands right now, as far as I can tell, and I've been digging into this with a bunch of other folks for some time now. Nobody has gotten to the bottom of this, so we still don't know whether this is a fly-by-night Chinese company cutting corners, operating without a license, or if this is in fact a Chinese guys that are prepared, preparing for a Chinese bio attack in the United States. I'll get another good friend of mine, Dr. Hatfield, who's one of the preeminent bio experts in the country, particularly bio warfare. One of the things he noted the other day that. I had I had missed, he said, you know, these mice that they found are really, really expensive. Like, you know, you can't go to your pet store and buy a humanized rat. You, you, you got to buy yeah. them from a select group of suppliers. And they're actually hugely expensive. And these guys had hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of them in there. And he's like, you also need all kinds of approvals to get them. So who approved that? And where, why did these guys have the cash? If they're such a fly-by-night outfit that they're operating out of a warehouse without a license, how does that square with the fact that they had enough money to go out and buy, like, 700 of these insanely expensive animals? So there's just a lot of questions. And again, kind of like with everything else, no indication that anybody is investigating anything.
0: That was going to be kind of my closing question or uh, on this topic was... Well, surely in a normal America, when you had a discovery like this, you would have the FBI, about state officials, also California state officials, the FBI all over it. Who they, where they come from, who's running this, you know, who set it up, and and what was their intent? And it's interesting. I just realized I juxtaposed that story with the military Chinese men coming over the border, um, and we don't know who they are, where they're going. You know, it can be it could be as orchestrated as the people coming across the border, part of the group eventually going to take charge or assist in the work at the, that's occurring at this lab. Okay, as a smaller side, so my husband grew up really, really close to Fresno. He grew up in a, a tiny, small town. So we, we know this area. And, um, and anyway, it's, I, I, I'm, I just find all these things. So um, I, I tell you what, not just I do, millions of Americans do. You used to think, okay, bad things happen. America has enemies. They may mean us harm. But you thought for most of your life that the American government at the state level and at the federal level was on the side of the American people, was going to ferret out issues, try to protect us, figure out what was going on. And when you talk about what you've been describing today, uh, uh, it, unclear what the mission is of the CIA in some arenas, unclear with the FBI, I think the FBI has been very much weaponized to support the American left and to target uh, opponents of the current administration rather than... Uh, even have the even-handed uh, disposition of justice, the DOJ and the FBI. And then you hear a story like this, and you you know you think, well, I mean, actually, and back to the Al Qaeda story, you know they have, you know they mean us harm. You know they have our weapons because we withdrew in a in a an ill-advised way out of Afghanistan, and you don't see the government taking action to you know neutralize the weapons, to take out training facilities, whatever it is we could be doing. We just seem to be, the government doesn't seem to be acting on our behalf. And this particular story in this lab, uh, the idea that there's a lab where they have mice whose, whose respiratory system has been cultivated into being reacting more like a human one. So you can test on these mice. How will this particular virus or pathogen impact them? And it's near the uh, Lemoore Air Force Base, where they, uh, or was Air Force, but a military base where F-18s fly out of and and i i mean it's just simply staggering you, you you honestly you bring out such great stories okay so we have i'm looking at the clacker no we only don't, don't have time okay we have uh, 40 seconds so first of all sam I, I as i said we i didn't get my magic time machine so i think we're pretty much out of time i want to number one thank you i know you are in great demand for interviews for people because you explain things in such clear depth and and it's just uh, invaluable so i want to thank you for taking a full hour to join me today. And thank you for all that you write. Again, for my listeners, please go to and, just the word and, and substack.com, read everything uh, from Sam Faddis. You'll be so much uh, better informed. And just, Sam, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today.
1: Thank you. Always a pleasure, Jen.
0: Love to see you, sir. Okay, hey folks. Next week, I'm going to tell you at this very time slot, we're going to have Patrick Byrne. He is the founder of Overstock. He was also deeply involved uh, toward the end of the Trump administration in trying to help the Trump administration move toward proving the theft of the 2020 uh, 20 election, and uh, heavily involved in a, in a whole variety of, of things. Since then, he is just a uh, he's a, a great force for good. He is a, a very outspoken. about the need for um, America to continue to insist on fair elections. He's very supportive of Tina Peters and other people um, who are working toward fair elections. On top of that, he's just a really entertaining guy. So tune in next week for Patrick Byrne. And for everyone else, thank you so very much for tuning in to America. Can we talk? This show is called America Can We Talk. You can find it online at AmericaCanWeTalk.org. At that website, you can find our blog posts, our Why It Matters features, everything we do, all past shows, all past interviews. And I remind you, as I do at the close of every show, I do this show, America Can We Talk, to speak up for America's unique and extraordinary greatness. Because America, has found it as founded, is an important, as important a nation as there ever has been. And America is in need. It is under assault from people who do not believe in the founding ideas of America, who will happily work to take America down. We're in the middle of that happening. I do this show to speak up for America because America matters. And I will talk to you next Thursday.
1: America, can we talk? truth about America.